Well, we've come to... I don't, I don't know how to start this. <laughs> oh. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Welcome to Winging It, the West Wing podcast. My name is Andrea. And I'm Sally. And today, we are going to do a fun little recap of uh, what kind of year it has been. Get it? Get it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, a moment you if you're listening to the West Wing podcast. <laughs> if you're waiting for Josh Molina to start talking, you're going to be waiting for a long time. There, it's been a very eventful year, and we know a lot mm-hmm. of you have been following along with us, and some of you just found us and are catching up. But either way, we are going to recap some of the things that happened this year. I mean outside of the world of the west wing the cubs won the world series go cubs Ooh. uh we we experienced a presidential election <laughs> I, re- I wasn't really sure how to word that yeah but it, we it did happened. it's a thing that happened <laughs> and throughout this span of time we covered seasons three episode 20 all the way to season <laughs> six the beginning of season six which is where we are now that was insane yeah. That's crazy. Like that's really crazy. Yeah. We've we've spent a lot <laughs> yeah. of time. We've I've we spent a lot of time with my laptop. And uh I really don't know how You're we... the real MVP. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sally. Yeah, I don't know how we did two episodes a week for the first year, especially when I was touring. That was pretty yeah. bananas. So I really really wanted to do a tally of all the character MVPs from this past year, but since we don't (laughs) have an intern and it's just Sally and I, I didn't do that. But I would like to take a look back at some of the fun things that happened and just as the kind of wrap up for 2016 as a thank you to all you guys for listening. Yeah, uh, a big thank you to all you guys. I mean, some of you have spent a lot of time with us and we we're clearly not in it for the the fame and the fortune so we really appreciate oh i definitely am (laughs) (laughs) we really appreciate uh how devoted you guys are and all of your tweets and all of your emails and every little bit of it we it's just i don't know it's just fun for us and it's 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 fun for us to do but it's even more fun when you guys like interact and and i don't know have a conversation so we are appreciative of you guys and we just wanted to let you know so Merry Christmas, or whatever you celebrate. <laughs> Happy New Year, and uh, let's take a trip down memory lane. But first, we have to sing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah duh, okay. Yeah. It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right. No. <clears throat> right is your gift to me today that you're going to sing it at the same time as me? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, dang it. Oh, I have so much to edit. Come on. Okay, ready? One, two, three. <clears throat> da, 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 da. There it is. Da, 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 da. Sally was... doesn't care how much time I spend editing. <laughs> She's going to sing it how she true. wants to sing it. <laughs> I just care about the craft, and our listeners have come to expect a certain level of singing the theme I song. Love that you, I love that you call it a certain level of singing. Okay. Fair <laughs> very, enough. Very, low level. Here is a very, very long TikTok of what has happened this past year. Okay. I think the, the primary thing I, that goes without question is the ATX Festival this year. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just like broke out into a stupid grin just thinking about it. So in June of this year, we went to the ATX Festival in Austin. Uh, I just remember the day that they announced that there was going to be a West Wing reunion panel. And <laughs> I was driving home from the gym. And I pulled over into like a Burger King parking lot. I went to their website and dropped, I don't know how much money, in the span of probably 15 seconds. I didn't even really, <laughs> I saw the names yeah. of the cast members who were, who were going to be there and <laughs> the dates. And I didn't know if I was going to be on tour. I didn't know. I just, I booked the ticket and that was, there was no looking back. So, yeah. Yep. And you, on the other side of that, you texted me. And I, I remember booking the ticket thinking, I cannot afford this <laughs> and just booking it anyway. I was like, this is the worst financial decision ever. But I survived. Yes. Guys, I'm not in too much I'm debt. so glad. But yeah, I just remember being like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, this is a once in a lifetime thing. We have to be there. We, we had to be there. Book, book the ticket. And we had it was, to be, oh my gosh. It was God. so worth it. Even if we hadn't gotten. It was worth it. I mean, I. Every penny. I don't more. know what it would have been like going and not having cast member interviews because that was such a big part of our experience. Yeah. But um, yeah. we'll play a little clip from our recap from ATX Festival. <laughs> um, the first clip you'll hear is from day one, which I've put back to back immediately with a clip from day two talking <laughs> about our experience with Aaron Sorkin and Tommy Schlamy. Today was our first day at the ATX Festival in Austin, and we had quite an adventure. I would say so, yeah. What kind of day has it been is our official hashtag. Uh, I think tomorrow it will also be applicable. Been a day. What was going to happen? We were supposed to interview Dulé Hill tonight, but <laughs> uh, there was a little bit of like a transportation issue, so that got rescheduled for tomorrow. To no fault, no fault of Dulé's. No fault. He's a champion. He was, yeah, he was He's, willing to go the whole time. Yeah. So he was, yeah, he was great. But but while we were waiting, <laughs> we were just like hanging out where we were supposed to meet him, and uh, we saw Aaron Sorkin. Yes. We didn't speak to the man. No. I don't want to I speak cannot. to him. I I don't want to speak to him, guys. He is. He's not terrifying. I keep saying that. He's not like. She has said that multiple I'm times. I'm sure he's like a delightful person, maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> it's just so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just that he's too high up on a pedestal or. He's I, just so intimidating to I, me. Just the thought of him, of his genius. He feels like a living. I mean, he is a living legend. He so is. it's just such a weighty. I don't Ooh. know. So hefty. I have nothing it's, to say. We would say thank you. Yeah, and I. That's all. He would probably What's next? really hate us. Probably. I don't know. Let's think about that more. So anyway, we so- <laughs> admired him from afar and geeked out, super geeked out from afar. Tommy Schlamy showed up. Tommy Schlamy We knew that there. from, because we looked it up. <laughs> it's not like we know what he looks like. And then on day two, after the panel, <laughs> so after the panel, we were back in, back in the hotel, back in the lobby, getting ready for our Richard Schiff interview, and... We saw Tommy Shalami and Kevin Falls and Lawrence O'Donnell were kind of hanging around and we were hanging around sort of waiting to just say hello and just say, introduce ourselves and say thank you for what they've done and 
all that kind of jazz, and we noticed Aaron outside, and we hadn't really decided whether we would talk to him or not. Yeah, Sally, I get really bashful. Yes, Andrea, surprisingly, the performer. gets incredibly <laughs> bashful about I'm not nervous people. about, I'm... like, talking to industry people, because I work in the industry, but there's something about approaching someone when I'm not actually working with them that I just yeah. get shy. Because in the actual interview setting, you're not shy at all. But when we had to, like, walk up, like, Friday night when we had to walk up to Bradley Whitford or... I was falling behind just a had pillar. To, yeah, Andrew was hiding behind a pillar, so... Not actually hiding. No, I was just, like, was lagging just behind. Yeah. Um, we saw Aaron was about to leave, and I was like... I hadn't really... I really didn't make up my mind until that exact moment and I, when I realized it was, like, a now-never thing. And we'll I was like, let's think, just do it. We'll let's all thank Sally for her gumption. Yeah. Um... Um, I was like, let's just do it. So literally ran after him outside, felt like a dummy, and as he's like genuinely about to get in his car, and I was like, right before I said it, I was like, this could be the best or worst. I know, I had that thought. I had that moment I, in my heart yeah, where I'm like, I, like, I don't know if I want to have this. This is going to go so well or it's going to go so badly. And I said, Mr. Sorkin, um, and he turned around and he... Because that's his name. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> He immediately was so kind. I don't even think I had, like, introduced myself or said anything about anything. He was just like, oh, hi. He was just immediately friendly. And so I introduced myself. I said, my name's Sally. Like, I was like, I'm so sorry for catching you right before you're leaving or for holding you up. I just wanted to introduce myself so fast. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan Obviously, I run a wrestling podcast. This is my friend Andrea. Like, so we, there's my co podcaster. I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> co podcaster. Andrea, we told him what we it's do. Me. He was so excited about it. It was unbelievable. And then, so then we were like, would you mind if we snapped a quick picture? And he takes a step forward and he starts to say something. And I think Andrea and I both at the same time thought he was going to be like, actually, I really have to go. Which would have been fine. Which would have been fine. Um, he starts to say something and he's like, well, cause he started out with like, well, or like, okay, I can't remember, but he started out sounding Yeah, hesitant. there was like a pause there. And we were like, oh, okay, he's about to say no. That's and a crush our instead he says, well, I will if you'll consider having me on as a guest on your and podcast. He's like, here's, here, get in touch with me. Yeah. And so. And we, I'm pretty sure that I blacked out after that. I'm not really sure what happened after that. I know that he eventually then got in his car and left, but we And we just, got here somehow. We were, we really went into this weekend with no expectation in regards to Aaron Sorkin because he's Aaron Sorkin. So like we, we just, it just is not even in our realm of. We didn't even ask to no, try, we, we didn't, didn't even try even, to set up an anything. interview with him. And so to have that go from like zero to 60 <laughs> so quickly. And it wasn't something that we, that we prompted. Right. Like, he offered he that. Offered, he was very interested in the idea. And he thanked us, too. Yes, he, he thanked us for what we were doing. For doing this. We were was, like, you're, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just an incredible experience overall. Uh, um, completely on and, and it was so completely unexpected. Right. That, that it also put it, me on the back foot and just, right, what totally just happened. Right, it threw us off our game, because we were just like, oh. Was okay. that before or after we talked to Tommy Shalami? That was before we talked to Tommy Shalami. Okay, so, so then we go back, <laughs> then we take our, like, Pieces of brain that we've, like, scraped yeah. off the pavement uh, in Austin, and we take ourselves inside. And again, like, we're just kind of hanging out in the lobby. We, we would like to say something to Tommy Shlomi if the opportunity is appropriate. Plus, we were, we had to be there for Richard, like, pretty soon thereafter. Yeah. And, again, I was... I, I don't know what I was doing. I was just I trying to where, recover. I don't know where you went that time, really, I mean, because I turned around and you I was, was getting water. Was like, oh, no. I was getting water. I get... 
dehydrated and I'm like highly sensitive well, introvert so I just need I time think, to collect my thoughts. Well and I sort of jumped I saw him like walk into the press lounge and immediately walk back out and he's by himself and as Andrea mentioned like we don't we're not trying to be inconvenient to anybody like we were looking for opportune moments like we don't want to jump in when they're on their way to something or or in the middle of something so I just I saw that moment happening and I was like oh gotta go talk I and, love it and I didn't even notice that Andrea was not with <laughs> was me anymore hydrating so I because I genuinely was like I t- like as I was talking to him I was like me and my co-podcaster I, I did and I was like oh, I made it there in time for that because I was no, like I oh there twice. oh you did yeah I was oh. like I don't know where she went I thought I almost hit but, my cue on, the, on no. the second second one but before I could even introduce myself fully I was like I said, I just want to introduce myself. And he was like, because you're on a podcast. And I was like, yes, I do. And I don't remember my name or anything else about myself because you just knew that I ran a podcast. Like, what? And he recognized us uh, because, I guess we got to get credit where credit's due. Because of Josh Molina's podcast, he searched for West Wing Podcasts and found ours as well. And he, had, he said that he had recognized us earlier uh, from looking up the podcast. And so that was a great moment as well, because he, he I mean, obviously Aaron Sorkin is brilliant, brilliant mind, but Tommy Shalami, like, the, the, I, there are too many ways, together. yeah, there's yeah. too many ways to give him credit for right his yes. fingerprints on the show. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was bananas. Unreal. So we met Tommy Shalami. So, like, any one of these events just by themselves would have been enough and to, this like, was, be the best day ever. I mean, we have pictures. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. pictures or it didn't happen. Yeah. It, it really happened. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I know. That was the most amazing. That could have just been it. But no. <laughs> there there was more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Um, I love that our interview with Dulé happened, as short as it was. Just the fact that, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the timing of it was tricky with, with travel and stuff like that. And you'll hear that in a clip from... Uh, our interview with him, but also Sally, he taught you how to do a cramp roll. Like I, I know. I was trust me. This is not a fact that is ever far from my mind. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how many people can this say is that? I think about on all rainy days. Yeah, and some. Do you do you like tell that to people at at parties? Yes, <laughs> like two yes. truths and a lie. Because you absolutely should. Yes, I was. Uh, I do. I tell everybody that I meet. I actually had a name tag made and I just wear it around. <laughs> That's not true. But I do tell, I do tell anybody that will listen. I just remember, like, I remember a couple things. Me just grinning like an idiot because, and I apologize to people <laughs> if, who were non-dancers listening to the beginning. I hope some of you thought it was interesting, but like, I'm a hoofer, Dulé's a hoofer, so we have this really strong common ground in that and it's a really unique experience. So we kind of got to talk shop for a bit. But then just to like, see him get up and teach you I was grinning like a like a <laughs> dance mom it was so cool. I was just like in shock I think when he like when he like just sort of pointed to the the floor there and was like all right let's do this I'm like what is happening and it was just like first <laughs> still in first shock. first thing in the morning and we were up late the night before and then I got up really early oh, yeah. to go like find him coffee and and then he was a little bit yeah. late we weren't totally sure he was gonna you know make it happen and <laughs> we ran into bradley whitford during it i mean so 
that's that's the Dulé one. Here's here's another clip of uh, some some fun little gems that Dulé shared with us. Do you have any favorite episodes, either that you remember shooting or just like that you like to watch? There's so many. I mean, I I really liked uh, Shibboleth, yes. which is the episode where I got the Paul Revere nods from the president. That yeah. really established our connection as as beyond just boss and, and employee to to like more of a father-son relationship. Yeah. Would you say that's your favorite um, Bartlett-Charlie moment? Yes. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite Bartlett-Charlie moment that they kind of echoed in the series finale when he gave me the, the Constitution, which I still have, by the way. Oh, man. Book. That's at my place. You know, I may or may not have that book for <laughs> legal purposes. Yeah. <laughs> it may be there, it may not. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It could it's be a book that looks like it. I remember when we shot that scene, I was like, I'm taking this book. Said if anybody wants it, you know where it's at. (laughs) And then um I mean I feel like we have talked about Charlie and Zoe. Oh yeah, Elizabeth Moss. I mean a lot of us uh, a lot of our fans, our listeners were asking, like, do you think Charlie and Zoe ended up together? I mean Um, Yeah, we got that question. We we feel like obligated to ask. Okay. I think so. They had a they had a really I think a even though they had their conflicts over time with this stupid ass French dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to call him stupid ass French dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, seriously, bad judgment on yeah. You know what I mean? Come but on, Zoe. I mean, you're supposed to be smarter than that, Zoe. You've got a good dude, that, and then you've got you know like mean? a trust fund kid. I think that they ended up together, you know, no, at, at least for a good while. I'll have to see Elizabeth one day and ask her what she thinks. <laughs> And then we asked some rapid fire questions about the cast. Most likely to laugh during a scene? Is that, a, was hmm. that an issue? Someone get the Richard Schiff. Yeah? Yeah, I would say Richard Schiff. Yeah, I would say Richard. I would say Richard or Allison, but I say Richard Schiff. Okay, okay. maybe the two right. of them. When he gets the giggles, yeah. it's over. When Richard gets <laughs> right. the giggles, it's over. Um, cool. Well, I guess we should probably let you go. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. But next time we do it again, then we'll have to do a little shuffle Dude, next we will time. Slow you, see? Down. you see? Yeah, man. I mean, you guys, I'll, I'll, I'll teach you a little something. And I'll teach you a camp roll. Okay, yes. perfect. You could probably do that now. It's yeah. pretty quick. It's very easy. Toe, okay. toe, heel. I mean, I'm going to try, but I don't know. Let's try it, let's try it okay. real quick. All right. You know what I mean? Very easy. I love it. I'll even you put the mic down by your feet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have to take a picture of it. Okay. All right. Toe. 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 Heel. 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 She's staying at toe when you go. Toe. Stay up. Toe. Heel. Heel. Okay. Da 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 da. 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 Da Okay, so we also talked. We talked with uh, Melissa Fitzgerald, and she was lovely. Love what she's doing with Justice for Vets, and we just had a really lovely conversation. That that was our first interview when we yes. got there. Yes, she was the most lovely. She was just wonderful. Yeah, she was. And we didn't have an interview lined up with Brad, um, but we did. Aside from his little <laughs> cameo, thank you, in the Dulé interview, we did actually meet him and. Yeah. It took a little bit of prodding. Sally had to help out. So here's our <laughs> here's our recap of, of meeting Bradley Whitford. Uh, and then yeah. Bradley Whitford showed up. Uh-huh. That was cool. Because um, we didn't, we don't have any sort of, 
uh, interview lined up with Brad yet. Brad. Brad. Um, so that was really cool because we weren't sure if we would get to see him. We'll, we'll see him, obviously, tomorrow at the panel. Yeah. Um, but we got to speak to him for yeah. a little bit. He was walking through the lobby alone. For, for a minute, yeah. Um, and the lobby was pretty empty, so I naturally... <laughs> oh, you're going to tell Andrew, the story. Oh, I'm going to tell the story. <laughs> they need to live vicariously through it's us. true, they do. I want you guys to live vicariously through us. So if you were there, this so is what happened. So Andrea would not go say hello because she loves him so much. <laughs> That's I true. I just don't like to... I don't like it. to fan... No, I, I don't, don't like to. I don't like to fangirl. I agree. I don't like to fangirl either. I like to think I'm better about it. So I went up to him and I said, I called. I called his name. I said, Mister Whitford, because I don't know him and She's I'm not normal. going to call him Bradley. Yeah. Um. So I said, Mister Whitford, and he turned around and I introduced myself. I think that they. I think the thing you just have to know about it is is not to just walk up to them and be like, Can I get a picture? Like, I, it's so. I think that. From all the interviews I've listened to, actors are so much more appreciative when you just introduce yourself and, like, have a human moment and are like, mm. I'm a huge fan of what you do. So that's what I said. I was just like, I'm a huge fan. My name is Sally. Uh, I was like, my friend Andrea, who's hiding behind that <laughs> pillar over there, she and I have a podcast I about the West I didn't stay behind the pillar. I walked around. She did walk up that, eventually. that queue. Uh, I told him we do a podcast about the West Wing and that ours was before Josh Molina's. <laughs> yeah, you did and say that, didn't you? I did, yeah. <laughs> Wait and a, he was like, he oh. was, I said something. He's like, just like Melina or something. Yeah, like, just I like think him. I, totally joking, I said something about like, he stole our idea or something, like clearly joking. Because you like, just say things when you're. Yeah, <laughs> I make jokes when I'm nervous, which is, oh, whatever. Um, so anyway, he was like, you know, that sounds just like Josh Melina. <laughs> and I was like making a joke about that. We told him we were waiting for Dulé Hill. And he told us to give Delay a hard time for being late, which again was not Delay's fault. But uh, so we just had a little jokey time, and then somebody else <sighs> came and interrupted. But for yeah. that few moments, it was wonderful. <laughs> we didn't ask for a picture because we were trying not to fangirl too hard. Uh, so hopefully, we'll get a chance tomorrow to grab. But in case you're wondering, picture. I mean, this is this is when we would be full disclosure. I was struck by how good looking he is. He's very good looking. And the whole cast has aged. Somebody tweeted about Melissa Fitzgerald looking so well, but they all look like they have an age. But also, like, the energy. Like, that. I know he's not Josh Lyman, but, like, that kind of swagger. (laughs) This this, this suave, like, he was so smooth. He's very smooth. I was not expecting any of that. I was really, like kind of taken aback yeah i mean and i've seen him in interviews and stuff but there's something about in person just as soon as he starts talking he is he is very charismatic he's like collected and, and yeah he's kind of magnetic yeah he's got charisma yeah so it makes perfect sense why they would cast him okay so <laughs> <laughs> so that happened too also photos yeah. later we got photos at a later time so yeah. The other big thing was Richard Schiff. Yeah. This interview was on the books, and we we came to find out during our interview with Melissa on the first day that our time that we had scheduled, they had already booked him for something else. So we were already just really concerned that it wasn't going to happen. We had just ordered these pink Spalding balls, mm-hmm. had them, like, overnighted from Amazon or something. <laughs> uh and I was really nervous that it wasn't going to happen. I was going to be a little bit devastated. So luckily, it all happened. So here's a little here's yeah. a little bit of our interview with Richard Schiff. 
Actually, before we play the clip from the the first interview with Richard Schiff, I'm going to play a little clip from our very second episode. Is that an expression? Our very second episode ever where Sally and I joke about maybe we'll have Richard Schiff on the podcast someday. So take a quick listen. Oh my goodness, guys, we're back. It's episode two of what I think we're going to call Winging It. Is that what we're going with? Winging It, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like we're not even winging it. It's like we had a plan, but we don't. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 that would be a false impression. Well, no, we do have a plan. We do, we do a pretty good plans. Yeah, we've got a great plan. Today, our plan is to talk about episode two of The West Wing, our favorite. Post hoc, ergo, propter hoc. A little bit of Latin. It's it's for us there. The real kind of Latin. No pigs were involved. No, we're real fans. <laughs> it is real Latin. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that's, that's it. That's the, the note we end on. Yep. Also, I just need to make a mention. I know we're 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 just about done, but I had a dream last night that I told Richard Schiff about our podcast. <laughs> and did he love it and want to come on the podcast? I I don't remember what his response was. Oh no. But it wasn't it wasn't negative. Okay. Um I think he was gonna listen to it. I think I left it it was like I had just happened upon meeting him in a different setting and then I mentioned Naturally. it and I felt like I didn't want to put him on the spot. So I was like, at the end, when I was leaving, I said, hey, well, just have your manager or your agent or your publicist, whoever, like, email me and I'll send you the link to the podcast. Uh, That's pretty great. So there's that. All right. Maybe that's an indication of future things to come. I would imagine. Oh, cool. This is the sound of the Spalding that I used on the West Wing. (laughs) And as you can see, it's got nice bounce, as you can hear. It does. <laughs> like riding a bike feels good to have a You're listening to 17 back. People Part 2 right now. Um, well, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank my, you my so, pleasure. so much for making the time. I, I really want it was, you know, I started directing in college. Mm-hmm. I didn't like to act that much, although I did. And um, afterwards started stage managing and directing and creating my own. And then I was frustrated as a director, and there were certain actors that I worked with that I found were very directable and also really great. Mm -hmm. And they all had the same teacher in common. Mm -hmm. And it was William Esper, who was from the the Neighborhood Playhouse, and um, had started his own studio. So I called him. I I said, I want to talk to you because I want to know why your actors are so good Mm -hmm. and so directable, which was a big deal for me. Because I was kind of feeling like I was losing in, in touch with the actor's process and probably didn't really understand it to begin with and convinced myself that I did as a young, as young people do. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we had a 45-minute talk, and he goes, you know, you're an interesting fellow. You should take my class. I go, I don't want to be an actor. He goes, you should take it anyway. Try my summer program, and then if you like it, you can do the two years. And I went, okay, and I took the summer program, and very much different than college and Earl Gister, who wanted volunteers to work, and so I never volunteered. He forced you to get up there every class. And, uh, was so it Meisner-based? It was all Meisner, repetition, repetition, all that stuff. Yeah. And I was in terror every single class, waiting for him to not call my name. <laughs> oh, I've been there. And, uh, and, 
and I started doing it and doing it, and after a while he would go, you know, you, Richard, you could really do this. And I go, I don't, I don't want to do this. And I'd, always, I'd, I'd pretend to only do the exercises, and I'm only doing it for the exercise. Uh-huh. And then it was at the end of the second year when he said, <clears throat> uh, I'm giving you, it was, were you doing cl- kind of classical or style mm-hmm. uh, part of the work? And he goes, I'm giving you Bernard Shaw, this play, this one-act play. Uh, you'll never get it, he says, because the style is too, too beyond you, but it'll be good for you. Uh-huh. And that burned me. <laughs> and so the, the, woman, <laughs> the woman that I was uh, partnered up with, who I'd been partnered up a lot, uh, luckily for me, because she was fantastic and I was in love with her, her name is Robin Lord, and if Robin Lord is listening, please find a way to contact me, because I'm curious about where you are and what your life is like. And um, she had done a lot of Shaw. I said, okay, teach me everything. Mm. Where do I put my hand? How do I stand? Right. All that stuff. And I did it, and kind of not only did I blow um, Bill away, um, but I blew myself away because it was the first time I committed to every aspect of performance. Mm-hmm. And I, instead of saying, oh, I'm just doing an exercise. And, uh, I, and after I was done, I went, oh, <laughs> when you really commit to this, it's quite a phenomenal experience. And um, uh, it was the first time I kind of got the bug at that moment. Mm-hmm. And because I was a th- had my own theater company, the class wanted to get together and, 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 uh, and produce a play for us all. Uh, and I said, well, I have 800 unsolicited plays sitting in my apartment. So we read all those plays, and we found a couple that we wanted to do, and one of which made sense for me to be the lead in, which I didn't beg for, but, you know, and that's what started it. And I, we did this play, which was actually a hit, and we ended up taking it off bro- off Broadway. We started off off Broadway, mm-hmm. and um, like Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> no, in New York, but uh, at the at the Cubiculo Theater, which uh, which is a theater that I directed a play in, mm-hmm. which is no longer there. And then we took it to Forty Second Street on Theater Row, and that began this thing. And somebody saw me in that. I ended up doing a movie, and I did other plays. And uh, the next thing you know, I'm unbeknownst to me had become an actor I didn't still didn't have a resume or a picture and I was you know and you know and that's how it, it, it started one of these films ended up screening in LA I had had bad memories on every New York street corner from various love affairs and marriages mm-hmm. and um, a friend of mine in that in that film said you want to move to LA our film is screening there and I went mm, okay and uh, on gambling money that we made betting the Mets in 1988, nice. uh, we, Four, yes. we got a car and, and went across country gambling at every phone booth we could find. You know, no cell phones in those days. And we were going through Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State's playing tonight. Let's gamble it. Okay. Got to Vegas, lost a half our money, got to L.A. It was the Mets against the Dodgers in the playoffs. We were, we were riding the Mets all fall. The Mets got beat. Um, we, I doubled down with the, every single cent that I had left in my name on the first game of the World Series, and that's the famous Kirk Gibson home run where he pulls the chain, yes. and that was the last bet I've ever made because I was down to wow. zero after one wow. week in yeah. Los Angeles. The thousands of dollars I had made gambling and working, driving a cab, and everything, or it was gone. So um, that was my introduction to L.A., and I went, all right, I better get to work here. Yeah. <laughs> So that interview was also a little bit shorter than we were hoping for, but they were really tightly scheduled. And yeah, so we were lucky to 
Everything. It was so great, though. So, we had this, like, quiet room, yeah. and aside from, like, Dennis Leary stopping by in the middle of it, like, it was very <laughs> private, and he was just so generous with his answers. Yeah. I I just loved it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was funny, because it was shorter than we were hoping. Gosh, about it some more. We, uh, we were really hoping to get to a lot more questions, and I was, like, I was hoping to get more, or maybe we'll get him back. And then... Yeah. So that was June, and then in August, I was out in Los Angeles uh, on tour for work, and just so happens that Richard uh, is a fan of some of the people that I work with, and I tweeted (laughs) at him and a couple other cast members to see if they wanted to come to the show, not thinking that they, any of them would actually respond, and he did. And uh, from there, from there, he came to the show, he and his family. And so that was a really surreal, like one of those Notting Hill surreal, but nice moments. I don't think nice is quite accurate, but uh, just to be like, okay, I'm, I'm texting with Richard Schiff right now. Like, that's the weirdest. <laughs> I mean, and I, I yes. work with celebrities, you know, more common than, than, most people do and it doesn't really phase me and and he it didn't really phase me but it was strange just because this is like my favorite character from my favorite show it's not just like joe celebrity so uh we were definitely geeking out when he came to the show and from there we ended up getting a second interview with him (laughs) do you remember that day when i called you from los angeles uh yes okay well, I remember I remember that day, but I also remember you texting me. I think I might have even mentioned this on the podcast. You texted me that like my my text message and Richard Schiff's text messages were like right <laughs> next to each other in your message That's log. Right. And you were like, Oh look, you're just casually right next to Richard Schiff and I was like, This is ridiculous. <laughs> oh man, it's so Who'd so have thought? funny. And okay, so I was out in LA not in August, I think it was in October? Or, I don't remember when it was. Maybe it wasn't in August. But I wasn't sure if we were going to do a second interview after I saw him at the okay. show. But I wanted it to happen. He was going to be out of town. I was supposed to be going to Vegas. So it was very much up in the air. Hadn't prepped any new questions or looked at our questions from ATX that we didn't get to. I hadn't even put on makeup that day. And it, I was driving back from Las, uh, from Las Vegas and it turned out that he had time that afternoon, but I had to leave Vegas, like, first thing in the morning if it was going to be an option. I ran out of, almost ran out of gas in the Mojave Desert, so that could have been, like, I coasted for, I think, t- 24 miles. Something crazy. And I almost, this almost didn't happen. So I finally get to town. I know what side of town to go to, and I reach out to him because we don't even have a, a place scheduled for where we're going to meet because normally when we do these with cast members it's you know we'll book a location so we can you know somewhere that they feel comfortable and we have somewhere yeah so we have somewhere to go I was like I'll look up a coffee shop or a library or you know a co-working space and I was about I was gonna offer these up and he said well just come over (laughs) and so I (laughs) and he asked if I could come now so in that moment, I am wearing my pajamas that I was wearing when I was, like, <laughs> running out of gas in the Mojave Desert, and I was not wearing any makeup, and I was 10 minutes from 
his house and I hadn't looked at any interview questions and I was about to go to his house. So I just want you all to know what happened. <laughs> and the behind the behind scenes. Behind the BTS of the second interview. And again, like it was just a great, really thoughtful interview. We got to talk about um, a lo- some things that he's never really talked about much before. So we talked yeah. about... I love that interview. Yeah, his storyline, uh, which I'll play a little clip here of him talking about his later storyline. Um, I wanted to pivot to a couple things we didn't get to on the last one. Um, in terms of coming from a theater background and then going to a series drama... You know, if you do a play or something, you know, like, a rough sketch of your character and all the things that happen in the story. But if you're on a series drama, like, each week you find out more of, like, more of who your character is. So was there ever a time, I mean, I would imagine over the course of seven seasons where you're like, wait, this doesn't, this doesn't fit with what I perceive my character to be? Or is there, how much do you go through the process of justifying it? Before yeah. you go to the director or the writer and say, hey, like, I really can't justify this. Well, I went to the director and writer quite often. But um, there's two things that I, I, I can respond to is, uh, that, that might be interesting. Um, so remind me of the second one. Okay. Uh, the first one is, uh, interestingly enough, um, I've been listening to, uh, watching uh, Aaron Sorkin's Masterclass just because I thought it'd be fun to yeah. actually listen to him talk uninterrupted um, by his penchant for stopping a conversation and going on to something else mm-hmm. because, you know, that's the way his brain works. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and at, since I feel like I, I know him fa- fairly well to uh, listen to him talk about his craft, I thought it would be pre- pretty fascinating. And there's this one section uh, in, in the class, in the master class, called... Um, Subtitled, um, Actors Can Finish Your Work, I think. Not I think, but okay, I, I Actors say, Can Finish Your Work, uh, I think is the title. Uh-huh. And uh, subtitle. And <clears throat> he started talking about how when you have great actors, uh, they can uh, very often fill in the work that you don't necessarily have to do for them mm-hmm. because that's what they do as actors. And um, because he said the word great or brilliant actors, I expected... You know, I, I literally turned away from the computer screen. I got distracted because I was expecting to, <laughs> to hear him talk about all the great actors that he's worked with, okay. like Jeff Daniels or Jack Nicholson. Or, sure. And shockingly, he said, Richard Schiff is a perfect example of this. It's not shocking, but okay. I almost hurt my head turning back to the screen. <laughs> I was very complimented by that. But he, um, and he used the example of... Uh, of um, discovering. Now, he tells the story the way his memory remembers it, which is fascinating to me because it's not accurate. Okay. And yet, it, uh, I'm, I, I think it's great the way that he remembers it. And he might be right, and I might be wrong, mind you, but um, he remembers it in this way. He says, uh, it, it didn't, I didn't realize until the fourth, third or fourth day of uh, the pilot when I noticed that Richard was wearing a wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And he said in the master class that he came up to me and said, uh, Richard, I didn't know, the, notice you were wearing a wedding ring. I didn't think that Toby was married. Mm-hmm. 
And he said that I said, um, neither did I. And he said, he said, that, uh, well, then why are you wearing a ring? And then he said that I said, uh, because I, I, I wanted you to figure it out. Yeah, I've heard something like that. What really happened that day, Richard? Well, as I remember it, and <laughs> with that. due respect to Aaron Sorkin, his version may be more accurate. I don't think so. But I love that he remembered it this way. I remember it more as being three or four episodes in. And it was, and Aaron may have come to me first, but I don't remember that. I remember Tommy Shlami coming up to me and saying, you're wearing a wedding ring. We just noticed in editing, you're wearing a wedding ring. And I said, yeah, I've been wearing a wedding ring since the pilot. He goes, why, why, why? Are you, you, we're, we're thinking of writing your ex-wife. And I said, oh, well, I, I had imagined that Toby was widowed. And um, it kind of informed uh, the sadness that I thought was interesting to bring to him and also kind of make him even more dedicated to his work. The fact that he had this love and that he lost her. Mm -hmm. And um, it created a very deep sadness and a, and, and a, and a, a, a focus that um, I think would, is even more intense. Mm -hmm. And it's part of what created this very kind of complex, intense character. And uh, Tommy said, well, we, we're writing you an ex-wife. Mm -hmm. um, and I went, okay, I'll just have to adjust to that. Yeah. And, um, Unless you had an ex-wife and a widow. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he wasn't Mormon. Um, but <laughs> but um, uh, what Aaron had said, his interpretation was, that because I had done that, it created the um, uh, the ex-wife story. Mm -hmm. In his mind, it created the story that 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 he was still in love with his ex-wife, mm. um, uh, which is great. Um, so I was able to adjust, but I had to adjust. Mm -hmm. I went, okay, his sadness is not the sadness of someone who's lost someone forever. Mm -hmm. It's the frustration and kind of discontent. Um, and sadness of someone who uh, who has been left, but who still feels he's got a chance to to get it back, mm -hmm. and that became a lovely storyline for quite a couple, of, you know, what a few years. So that, yeah, those are and that. Uh, what was the second thing? You remember yeah, the, the second thing was uh, the uh, you know the downfall of Toby, which is mm -hmm. a storyline that many many people. Uh, still get upset about, as did I at the time, quite profoundly. Um, and in this case, uh, there was disrespect um, um, because they wouldn't tell me what the storyline was. Aaron was gone and Tommy was gone. Right. They, they would never in a zillion years not tell me where a story was going. In fact, they often talked about it before they went ahead and, and did it um, to see how I, how I felt. And um, <clears throat> um, uh, in this case, I think they knew, A, that I wouldn't agree with it, and or B, that it wasn't a good storyline. <laughs> and they were embarrassed to tell me. But at one point, uh, one of the producers, I won't mention his name out of respect, said, uh, oh, we have got a great storyline for you coming up. And I go, well, what is it? And he went, oh, I don't want to tell you because I don't want 
um, you know, the actor to, to give it away. And that is the most disrespectful thing ever said to me. And I'm thinking, and I just let it go, but I was thinking of saying, so you're not going to tell Romeo that he kills himself? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know? How do you... Uh, you're not going to, uh, you know what I mean? Um, you're not going to tell Willie Loman that he kills himself? Um, there are other examples that have nothing to do with suicide. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, you, you tell an actor uh, what the story is going to be, especially... Um, in a television series, because uh, uh, a you got you have a chance for the actor who's in this case smarter to talk them out of it, um, uh, uh, and b you you can come up with the reasons for it. I mean, they literally called me uh, during the writer break after I think the end of season six is when this spills that he's the leak mm -hmm. that Toby's the leak, something he would never do without. 15 episodes of arguing with the president first and telling the president that he was going to, yeah. to betray him. If, if that. Um, uh, um, but they called me from their writer's retreat and said, do you, can you think of anything reason why Toby would do this? And I went, well, no, because he would never do it. Well, if he did it, is there a reason that you can think of? I said, well, no, because he would never do it. Mm. And I actually then helped them out and said, if there was a reason, it would be this, this, and this. But I'm telling you right now that I will never, ever say on camera, I did it because, mm. because I didn't do it. Mm. And I, that's how I played it. Like he was covering for someone. Yeah. And because um, he would never do that, I'd be, I'd be playing a lie. Um, I could see him doing it in order to, or, or taking the blame or, mm -hmm. or taking the fall for someone else. I won't tell you for who. I'll leave that up to conjecture for everyone. Did you have like a specific... I knew exactly. Yeah, I know I had a whole story. Does it rhyme with Lyman? Uh, um, no, I, I don't want to say though because it, it was it's really convoluted in order for me to play it. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, I don't want uh, fans to go, oh, well, that doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, it does make sense, but it's a convoluted sense. It just had to work for you, so. I had to get through it. I didn't enjoy it, but um, I definitely had to get through it. And then just the way that he talks about Alice and Janney, I can't, like, that was stuff that we really Ugh. wanted to get to you. <laughs> I know. And so just hearing that is yeah. so heartwarming. Um, one thing we didn't get to talk about before, uh, uh, first of all, your, your wife on the show, Kathleen York. I adore. Um, yeah, uh, but also we want to talk about CJ as well because there's like a very deliberate Toby CJ energy throughout all of it. There's so many great, just like short little scenes of the two of them where there's clearly some sort of even just a kindred spirit or something. What what what's that? And I don't know how this relationship developed. I think that Allison and Richard had a very, very lovely working relationship um, that allowed for other things to enter into mm -hmm. the the byplay. Yeah, and um, uh, and I think it just evolved. Um, it was never stated. I don't think ever once. Um, and it got to the point where the more difficult 
revelations uh, when these characters were going through personal troubles ended up uh, being with each other. Mm-hmm. So CJ ended up coming to Toby and Toby ended up... So Aaron certainly was seeing that. Mm-hmm. And um, later on, even in the second era, when Toby loses his brother mm-hmm. to suicide, and yeah. it's, uh, it's CJ who he... Who he un 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 uh, coils in front of, and um, it's a brilliant scene. Yeah, tough. That was a tough. That was a tough one. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think Al Allison and I, uh, you know, ping each other's souls, you know, and we did it on the set, and uh, it's carried over. So we adore each other in real life, and. Um, uh, you know, there's no one else. There's no one. If I was on a, uh, if I was in a act off for my life, I would want her to be my partner. <sighs> so there you go. That's those are all real things yeah, that happen. Those are some of my favorite moments. <laughs> they are. It's so fun to look back on them because I know we geeked out about them when they happened. Uh, and that was six months ago. Well, I mean, that interview was, was less than that. But just it's still so surreal. And it's still such a <clears> – <throat> I don't know. We're just – we we feel so lucky. And, and I don't know. Like that interview even – because I wasn't a part of the interview with you and Richard, the second interview. And like just – so just listening to it as a fan and then being like, wait, like I'm sort of a part of this. Like this is because of something I sort of helped create. I don't know. It was just so cool because it's something I would have geeked out about anyway. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it was, it's one of my favorite interviews with him that I've ever heard. And it happens to be on our podcast. So good job, Andrea. Yes. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, goodness. Good okay, times. so those are, those are things that happened in our real life that were West, West Wing related this year. Yeah. So that's part one. If you have any comments or questions about this episode, you can email us at thewestwingpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Pod. 